This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked me not to read an ad, so I'm just going to thank them for their constant friendship and support. Enjoy the show. I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Hello, welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is my friend Emily Labby, and she talks to me about her love of volunteering. As we mentioned on mic more than once, I had to kind of point out that this was something that Emily was passionate about. I had asked her to do the show in the past, uh, as she is a dear friend and loyal listener, and I knew she would be someone that I would love to talk to, uh, and she was hesitant because she didn't know what she would discuss. And uh, she had a, a couple of ideas, and, and when I threw this at her, she was like, oh, yeah, I guess that's it. Um, <laughs> and you'll see why. Uh, it was something that she just didn't really think about because volunteering and giving of her time has been so uh, so much of a part of her adult life, mostly, uh, and started as she was a kid. Anyway, I'll let her get to it because um, I got to find out so much about Emily and, and her passions and what makes her tick, and I think it's a really joy-filled episode as a result of that. Um so I hope that you listen and are inspired to uh, not necessarily volunteer of your time in the same way that she does, but, you know, take that message and apply it to something in your life. Um, I think that's, that's enough. The rest kind of speaks for itself. Um, if you would like to see Emily or I in the show that we did over the summer that I plugged a lot on this podcast, Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner, it now exists online in its entirety as a film of the show, a filmed version of one of these shows. Uh, so you can watch it on YouTube. You know, just if you listen to this and you're like, wow, these gals are great, but I'd love to see them playing beloved 90s characters. Check out. <laughs> Uh, that show on YouTube. I think it was really fun. It was a, a real um, full circle thing to have Emily on the show after she had kind of been inspired to be a part of that play uh, after hearing me talk to Meg Johns on the podcast in the past. So shit is good and we're all helping one another get through it. You know what I'm saying? Other shows that you can watch... On the internet, the Nerdlogs this Friday are trying a new uh, thing that we've never tried before, which is why we're kind of being not too pushy about it, but it will be happening this Friday, November 4th at 8 p.m. We'll be doing our first uh, streaming show. We will be doing some sketches for... Two of the boys who also were involved in the creative process for Attend the Tale of Danny Tanner, uh, Andrew Bentley, and past guests of the show, Chris Blake, will be doing some sketches as Rabbit Rabbit. The Nerdalogs will be doing some sketches as The Nerdalogs. You can watch it live Friday night on our Facebook page or perhaps our Twitch page. I know this is a really hard sell. Uh... But you can also watch it after the fact, as both of those things archive video. So if you want to watch an old Facebook Live video, <laughs> you can. Uh, other things 
that you can watch in the coming month. Thursday nights, 9.30 at the Annoyance Theater, I do a weekly show called The Fishbowl. If you are a student of improv, it is of specific importance because we allow you to uh, have the opportunity to be drawn to play in the middle set of the show. That is the selling point of it, but my group, Sight Unseen, closes out each night, so that is an additional selling point. Um, the Chicago Podcast Festival will be from November 17th through 19th. MBSing is a part of it on the 19th at 2 p.m. at the Steppenwolf 1700 Theater. I am very excited about being a part of that. My guest will be Dave Pasquese, who is a beloved member of the Chicago comedy community, as well as the theater community, as well as doing some amazing film and television work over the course of his career. I'm very excited to talk to him. I do not know what our topic will be yet. How exciting. Buy tickets right now. You can go to chicagopodcastfestival.com or org. .com will redirect to org. I tried it. Uh, It lists all the shows, including mine, including the Neurologs, Your Stories, including a number of other shows in the Chicago Podcast Co-op and uh, Post Loudness, uh, who the three founders of I've had on the show in the past and couldn't be more excited for the success that they are thriving upon and uh, uh, the place that they will hold in the podcast festival. It's going to be a very cool weekend. I'm going to try to see other shows, and I think that you should too, as a listener to this one. I think that's about all I have. I encourage you to check out all of the other shows in the Chicago Podcast Co-op, for this one would not happen in the way that it does without the existence of that and I thank uh, Claire Friedman and Max Timken and the rest of the team behind the Chicago Podcast Co-op. To be honest, that's about it, and that's kind of amazing, because uh, that means with uh, 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 Max's uh, uh, great level of coordinating multiple projects that Claire is kind of a, a one-man band. So if you're feeling like you just want to give a shout-out to somebody who's putting in God's good work. Uh, first of all, Emily Labby, as is evidenced by this episode, but also Claire Friedman, two very bad bitches who I am happy to call my friends. Enjoy my conversation with the former of those, Miss Emily Labby. Red or blue. And I didn't know what I was clicking on. And they're fucking Believeland shirts. Oh. <laughs> Baseball tees. Oh my god! Baseball tees with Cleveland, and I was like, "You are such a whore yeah. for Cleveland merchandise." That's so like, funny. You don't even like baseball, and I got so riled up. But I was at work, so I couldn't like. I wasn't like. Have actually you followed the him. Cubs? Like, at, like, have you been a Cubs fan? That for, my whole like, life. Are, that's awesome. My whole life. I I can't. Well, I didn't know that you were this invested. I wouldn't have. You volunteered to schedule this on this night. I, I guess did. I should say. Oh yeah, and I'm sorry. I yeah. That's okay. I was just like, when are we free? No, I'm okay. I'm quiet about it. Like, I like to watch baseball. I love being at games. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I don't follow it religiously. Sure, like, sure. It's hard to. It's a very it's hard a- sport to follow, like, on a day-in and day-out basis. Um, but I like to know how they're doing. And, like, yeah, my mom is from Park Ridge, like, born and raised just outside of Chicago. So, like, born and raised Cubs fan. Also born and raised Red Sox fan. Whoa. So, like, for a really long time, we were, like, a tragic household yeah that's rough and like i remember when, i remember like your when whole the Red Sox, childhood oh, yeah. was just like two yeah. forlorn baseball yeah. teams and that's like <laughs> why i'm a patriots fan because oh. like because i'm from new england like my, sure. family, my dad's from new england so i'm also a born yeah, and raised if you patriots have fan. The, if you and have like, the Sox ties then you have the patriots ties basically and like at least they're good yeah. Whereas, yeah, my whole life, and we like went to Cubs games growing up, like at least one a year. Just depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. No, we are a house divided right now. <laughs> Jonas fucking believe this shirt. That's so funny. I was That's like, so funny. Where's mine? And he was like, I don't know. You're gonna buy it. I was like, Oh my god, you don't even like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. I. It's so funny because I feel like he wasn't even. I don't know. We didn't really start because we yeah. do the sports yeah. retort stuff. We talk about sports all the time and we didn't really talk that much about, I mean, I remember at the all-star break us having the moment where I was like, you guys, what if it's Cubs Indians? Oh my God. And we just like had that moment, mm-hmm. but you know, it never really became a reality until the until playoffs. It was. Yeah, yeah. 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 And like, that is one thing that I will give him is that he's like willing to admit totally. that he is like not a, an Indians fan. hundred <laughs> percent. And I and yeah. that is fine. It's just like funny to have a little like house like in home uh-huh. rivalry right now when I'm like, I can't imagine but, you don't, but you don't care. Oh yeah. That's all. I mean, it's funny because I'm sure however it pans out, that is the conversation that we will have is that he yeah. will be like very braggadocious and 100%. I will be like, man, you didn't turn on an Indians game this season. And like, no. how much of the playoffs did you even watch? Because I don't know how much None. has been on in your house. None. But I didn't think so. None. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't even know we could watch baseball until I realized we had Fox. <laughs> well, to be fair, it took until the series for yeah. a lot of the games to be on Fox. Yes, but uh, yeah, that's None. so funny. He watches all he watches. Like, well basketball like he yeah i mean you know like yeah like yeah he's a huge browns fan a a big Cavs fan but he's not an indians fan (laughs) it's not even he's gone on the record as not liking baseball right (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's fine i'm just glad to know that it's only the first inning and we're already up three yep that uh because i'm told like of course i'm that fan that i'm like it's so cool that we even made it to the world series but i'm also going to be very heartbroken Oh, for sure. The last game. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. So um, we'll go into this conversation knowing (laughs) that they scored three in the top of the first because the top of the first just ended. And we'll um, have our conversation and then re-enter the world of game six of the World Series. Yes, we will. (laughs) (laughs) My guest today is Emily Levy. Hello. Um, and she's going to talk to me, not about the Chicago Cubs, no. uh, but her love of volunteering. Yeah. Uh, is that how you would frame it or yeah. is there anything like more or less specific than that? No, I think volunteering is a good framework and we can just go from there. Cool. What do you think was the origin of your love for volunteering? That is such 
It's such a good question, and I've been thinking about it a lot. <laughs> it's so because funny when I know someone has listened to the yeah. show, so they know that like these that questions are coming, yeah. and they and I know that if, like if I were in their position, I would also have been thinking like, what what really was it? Like, <laughs> well, it's just it's interesting. It's been interesting to think about because when you posed that topic to me, I was like, oh, yeah. You're, <laughs> You're right. And so that funny. is a thing that's like a big <laughs> part of my life and a big piece uh-huh. of who I am. Uh-huh. But it's been such a piece of my life for so long that like it doesn't even register to me mm-hmm. as like a thing. That's so funny. I think that's telling though. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's not something that you, uh, like you said, like you're struggling over a topic. And I was like, I gotta tell you, it seems like, like you. This is what I see. You're really passionate about yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, so I, that doesn't surprise me that it feels so natural yeah. and so like such a part of your life that it's not like a, a firm decision that you made. Totally. So, I guess volunteering came into my life um, when I was, I guess, officially probably in middle school. Okay. Um. And what I think is so interesting about it is it was really part of my upbringing in the church. Ah. Um, And I said earlier, I was like, I think this is probably going to come up. I'm not religious. I was raised in the United Methodist Church, so I was raised as a Protestant. Um, And I guess I believed and I was very, like, involved in my faith and involved in my religion Mm -hmm. through high school and, like, left that course for many other reasons, which would be a whole other conversation. Um, but my mother is um, is religious and her faith means a lot to her. And mm-hmm. so we went to church. We all went to church every Sunday and we were really involved in other extracurricular activities through the church. Sure. Um, which is, in my experience, and I think most people would agree, the, like, that's kind of a lot of reason why churches exist. I think so. to create a community. Absolutely. And I know that is a very large part of what my parents get out of their church community. I mean, they're both uh, very active uh, uh, Christians. I was raised Episcopalian. Mm -hmm. um, And they're both incredibly active in their church and like uh, uh, very much, um, you know on that train. Yeah. Uh, but I know that so much of it is just that they, they love the people that they yeah. go to church with. They yeah. love their priests. They feel a firm. I mean, I was telling you before we started recording that I've had like political and like state of affairs kind of conversations with them. And when I did, my mom told me that like, she was like, you know, in the last like 20 weeks or so, I'd say like 12 of our priest sermons were about like, like current affairs mm. and like politics mm-hmm. and like trying to find where your place is in a world that is very like upsetting and confusing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, that's really poignant, you know? Yeah. Um, so it makes sense that that is where yeah, it starts. Definitely. And <clears throat> so part of yeah part of my upbringing was being involved in like youth groups mm-hmm. at my church and in i guess maybe it was my freshman year so like f- in once i got into high school i was officially like 
of age to join the official like youth group. Yeah. You know, like right. I was in other things before uh-huh. that, but like freshman through senior year in high school, that was like youth group. Yeah. Um, yeah. and I was friends with a couple of, a couple of the other teenagers who were a couple of years older than me. Mm. And so it was something that I was always like striving for. And I was really excited for because like my best church friends were all like just a year or two <laughs> <laughs> older than me. Sure. You know? Yes. Um, so I couldn't wait to That's be so funny. a part of. Because my, my brother group. was five years older than me and our church was so small. It was like the only Episcopal church in our town that mm-hmm. we didn't have a youth group. Okay. And he started going to the Catholic church's youth group. Uh, and he made a bunch of friends through that and I was the same way. I was like, oh man, can't I can't wait. wait till I'm old enough to be in that other church's youth group. <laughs> <laughs> I, off topic, I absolutely joined another church's youth group in the middle of high school too. A Catholic one, which That's so funny. is hilarious. Yeah, and at well, least like Episcopal, Episcopal. Episcopal to Catholic is like not that far off, but Methodist to Catholic is. It might, it might as well be a different religion. Absolutely. Like it's much closer it's to a different religion. So than, different than being like Anglican and going to a Catholic church. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> I, and it's like, ugh, it's just so funny to think about that time. That's but, really funny. Um, I get it. Yeah. I very much get it. <laughs> well, it's so funny too, because I think about that when I think about starting my own family at sure. some point, I think about the fact that I don't go to church and it's yeah. not a community that I have. And what will I do for my children? Man. Ooh. You know? <laughs> Remember when we were talking about how we're like in our late twenties now and we like think about stuff differently and yeah. I feel you so hard, yeah. man. It's crazy. And I'll figure it out and I'll find yeah. it, I'll find ways to have a community for my children where they learn morals and yeah. right and wrong and how to be the person they want to be. I'll figure it out. It won't be through a church. But it's but so funny that you say that because like that is what we go, that is what a vast majority of especially Americans and even other people turn to like religious structures mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. is, is that, you know, part of the conversation. So it's interesting. Absolutely. I, I think our generation will be faced with, a lot of questions where that is concerned. I do too. I, I don't think that our story is a unique one. I don't think so either. Yeah. Um, this certainly isn't the first time I'm talking about it. Right, and sure. Yeah, yeah, same. Um so that's just like Yeah. Oh, that's just the thing I'm thinking about. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean it's almost it's 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 good that we're talking about it in this conversation, I mm-hmm. think. Because it's like, oh, you know, we can be like philanthropic outside yeah. of a religious 100%. structure yeah. absolutely and yeah. that is a thing that i'm really grateful for mm-hmm. um but my love of it and my understanding of giving of my time very much comes from growing up in the church wow. um the my youth group every year um went on a mission trip every wow. every summer it was a week long mission trip to somewhere in either Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, the Appalachian area. Okay. Um, it's called the Appalachian Service Project. From That's, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Well, so there's an organization out there called the Appalachian Service Project. Right, but you, yes. your church yes. traveled there from here. Yeah, 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 yeah. I grew up just outside of Chicago. Um, yeah, and so this is like ASP is like this big organization. I've got think it's methodist based i'm not sure but yeah probably if your if your group went every yeah. year blah blah blah. yeah, yeah but that's kind of how the thing it's goes. definitely christian based mm-hmm. um it definitely is but so every year we went to asp and asp was something that happened in communities 
all over the Appalachian area, communities of need. Um, and it would, it happened all summer long. So usually like mid May, June through about August and churches, church groups would come to like one community for like a week at a time. Um, and work on a project. Mm-hmm. And I could not wait to be old enough to be able to go on ASP. My parents. That's so funny. Yeah. My parents always went as, or like my mom always went and my dad sometimes went as. So it wasn't even just like the youth group no. went. It was like your whole yeah. church sent a huge group of people. It was the youth group went and then adults would go as like. Chaperons. chaperones. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. Um, and my parents had both had done ASP as chaperones prior to any of us being born out of, out of my mom's church. <gasps> that's so funny. Cause I was going to say like, Oh, is it like, cause of one of your brothers? <laughs> like that's no. so funny. My mom's church in Park Ridge, which is actually where Hillary went to church. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My mom loves it. She and Hills. My, uh, Mom's older brother was in the same uh, high school class as Whoa, Hillary. Whoa, dang, that's yeah. awesome! Yeah. It's like very similar backgrounds. And, yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, so my mom's church participated in ASP, and so she was familiar with it. And they went as adult chaperones when they still belonged to that church, which was in Park Ridge. And then we moved to Arlington Heights, and they joined this church, and then that church also went to ASP. Gotcha. Um, so it really is, it's, it's got to be like Methodist Associated. It's got to be, yeah. yeah, or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was like this thing that I knew about growing up was this mission trip that my, like, at least my mom always went on. My older brother went when he was in high school. He did not like church. He was very loud about the fact that he didn't mm. like church. Um, but he did go on the mission trip at least a couple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always this thing, like off in the distance when I was, you know, in junior high where I was like, I can't wait to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was a freshman, we, we wanted to like give of our time so much that year that a, a smaller group of us um, petitioned our youth group leader to let us also take a spring break trip. Oh my gosh. ASP was always um, in June, like right after school let out. Uh-huh. So we knew it was coming, uh-huh. but we like wanted to go on a mission trip. We wanted to go do something so badly that we petitioned for a spring break trip and we got it. Whoa. So we like packed up a much smaller group of like maybe 10 people, whereas ASP was, yeah, usually closer to like 25 or 30. Uh-huh. Um, maybe 10 of us got in a van and drove down to New Mexico. No shit. And <laughs> that's crazy. That's like a 20 hour drive. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't remember a ton about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. And How where could we you? stayed on the way. Right. Um, yeah. I was, I was going to say, there's no way that you would have done, like, you would have had to stop somewhere. Absolutely. Man, that's crazy. I'm sure we did. But yeah, at this point, it's like 15 years ago. So yeah. I don't, I don't like remember Who fucking knows? all of yeah. the details. But yeah. um, that was huge. We were in. Shiprock, New Mexico. I remember that. And we did work on some um, mobile homes mm. on the, there was a reservation 
Cool. We did some like repair work and stuff on mobile homes in on a reservation. Cool. We also had another day that we connected with some Mormons who were doing similar work. That makes sense. It's kind of like they're part of the country, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) You were in their territory. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe the ASP is the Methodist uh, gig, but like they probably got the Southwest figured out. (laughs) Exactly. Um, And that was it. Like that was my spring break. My freshman year was like going to repair some houses man and, and i bet you fucking loved, I loved it. it of course you did i loved it I, and i loved asps so. i bet you were one of the driving forces of like but we can go earlier right like we all have this week off right we could <laughs> we could probably like pull something out we don't have to wait for asp right like, like let's go on another trip. you now <laughs> even if i like reeled back all those years <laughs> I'm seeing you as the like, hey guys, I have an idea kind of person. (laughs) And I mean that with all of the love in my heart. (laughs) Probably. I don't remember the details, but even if it wasn't like my idea, somebody Mm -hmm. else had the idea and I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. (laughs) Let's do that. Absolutely. Sure, sure, sure. Right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So ASP was awesome. So we would get there we would get on site and be at like one like all staying at one like high school or middle school in the area nothing fancy like Mm. cots i was gonna say probably on a gym sleeping bags on a gym floor kind of thing um usually with probably like maybe three other churches three or four other churches Mm -hmm. um, i was just about to ask all at the same center um so so that was always cool Mm -hmm. ish people yeah um and there were usually like i think five or six staff members who were all like college age kids Mm. but were like in charge Mm -hmm. of the center for the whole summer Mm -hmm. and they were the ones who had the relationships with the families in the area that had applied to um have their home project work done yeah um, and so we was would, that pretty much all you did was just like go into kind of low income areas and like mm-hmm. fix up houses. Cool. Yeah. Um, it's like one year the like down in the hollers. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> You've seen some shit. I've seen, <laughs> I have seen some shit and it's, but it's also like beautiful. Oh, I can't, out especially there. over the summer. I'm sure it's cool and yeah. like gorgeous. Just beautiful. Yeah. Um, I I want to say I spent my summers my summer trips I think we did West Virginia and Kentucky mm-hmm. just stunning. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never forget the time that we were driving to West Virginia and I was like, yeah, but we're gonna pass through Virginia first, right? And my, the whole van was like, you fucking idiot. No, Emily. <laughs> no, it's called West, West Virginia, Virginia because it's West it's Virginia. Terrible. And we are driving from West. <laughs> terrible darling <laughs> it's like, that's the kind of shit you never forget yeah. being shamed in oh, a van for sure of peers and you will never, never forget it never. yep and i will never forget where west virginia is <laughs> on the map ever i'm trying to think i know i have moments like that uh <laughs> i know i do of things that like well never we'll never forget that yeah. uh yeah um but yeah we would um, we would get there for the week and we would get an assignment and then just all week, like Monday through Friday, we were out at the work site and spending time getting to know the family mm-hmm. as well. Um, but having like a very specific piece of the project. Yeah. So like, like you guys are on siding today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
one year we dug and then laid the foundation for a new porch cool. for somebody's house. So it was like the whole summer was the porch. Building the porch. And like our part of it was digging and then laying the foundation, which was really cool. One one project one summer was um part of it was installing plumbing. Whoa. In a house. Jesus. And it was like PVC pipes. Yeah. Like it was plastic. It yeah. wasn't like you weren't, you know, you didn't have like monkey wrenches and no. stuff like that. No. You were using like hand, yeah. probably joints that you could just yeah. put in by hand. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was something that house but had still, never had before. Geez, and we were putting plumbing in. Think about that. The, the house was already there. Yeah. <laughs> they just didn't have plumbing. Yeah. Yikes. I know. Um, and it was always just so fun. Yeah. Like, even though you were up to your ass in dirt or mud or whatever. You probably worked like all the daylight hours. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All day. Um, you know, lugging heavy wood, learning how to use hammers and uh, like other tools. And that was just like not the way our little suburban bodies. Yeah, of course. Worked. You got, you were all soft. <laughs> You're all very soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. You soft I, little Midwesterners just rolling true. into Appalachia yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> doing some hard work. But we did. And yeah. it was it was the best. That's and it awesome. was so fun. And you like we always bonded as like a team of, mm-hmm. you know, five people, but then also bonded with the larger like church group. Mm-hmm. But then also with like the, the other, other people who were there that week, sure. You know, I like made friends with people my first or second year that I was still friends with into college. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, Just because did you get, was there pressure from the church to try to like proselytize Mm -hmm. to people? That is a great question. I don't think so. At least not consciously. Not consciously. That's nice. It was, you know, I remember I remember most of the families or many of the families that we worked for, that we were doing work for, um, being religious and being Christian. One would think and so. And speaking to us, you know, about yeah. that. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm just so happy that the Lord sent you guys to us. Little. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I also think that they, that it was like a self-selection kind of thing, you know, because like sure. they had applied yeah. for assistance right. from this program. And, and may very well have like found out about it through, through a church. church. Yeah, I was, whatever. Just, I was just yeah. curious. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Especially saying specifically that part of the deal is that you kind of get to know the people mm-hmm. whose house you're working on. But it would make sense for those people to be Christian yeah, at a exactly. base level anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that wasn't a part of it, like at all. Yeah, um, that makes sense. It was just about giving, and it was just about like helping people in mm-hmm. need, um, because there were you know there were things that their homes needed in order yeah. to be more stable Putting or in livable. Fucking plumbing. I know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. I know. Um, and I think you know my time with ASP uh, like instilled a love and respect in me for like hard manual labor. Love it. Um. I certainly spent my time on the tech crew in high school for the plays. Mm-hmm. I was on stage too, but I also like was behind the scenes mm-hmm. and you know paid my dues there. And That's awesome. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime there's like housework to be had, I'm like, yes, let me do it. Yeah, let me help. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Love it. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, I think it's so important. I think mm-hmm. it's so important for people to know that they 
have the ability to perform those duties. Like, yes. Had you asked me as a 14 year old if I thought I could, you know, dig this trench, I would have sure. said no. Yeah. But I could. Yeah. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's like how it started mm-hmm. for me. Um, but then simultaneously, my entire high school career, I also spent volunteering my time in a very different way that was almost like a job where somehow this doesn't surprise me at all. (laughs) You got a real Tracy flick like (laughs) string in you and not, not in the like aggressive, like Tracy flick is actually kind of a shitty person way, but just in a like driven, like, uh, you're just a bad bitch. That's really what I'm trying to say. Thank you. (laughs) Um, but it's funny because just like the ch- just like volunteering my time through the church, like through ASP, wasn't about like, oh, I want to volunteer. It was, I can't wait to do this thing that right. is so cool that right. all of these other people exactly. are doing. Exactly, yeah, that yeah. My it brother was, before me mm-hmm. did. It know. was a trip. It was a you trip. Weren't, you weren't like, oh, it's a service. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is not, that wasn't yeah. how I thought about it. Yeah, that makes sense. Similarly, um, <laughs> Similarly, I got really into theater in Mm -hmm. uh, junior high um, and just fell in love with performing. And at the end of my eighth grade year, I had the opportunity to audition for a theater group. And I thought it would be so fucking cool if I did theater outside of school. Yeah, sure. That wasn't even like community theater, though community theater... It was great. Right. But it wasn't even that. It was like something outside of school and something outside of community theater. Uh And I was like, oh, yeah. And again, one of my best friends was a year older than me Mm -hmm. and was already in this group. Mm -hmm. So I'd like seen her spend a year in this group. So at the end of my eighth grade year, I auditioned for reality theater, um, which was a group of high school students from all over the area who came together and wrote their own shows. Wow. Wrote and performed their own shows um, and toured them during the school year to elementary, junior high, and high school audiences. So like different shows for each age group. Um, And that became the love of my life. Wow. Um, So I auditioned in eighth grade and like stayed on all through high school. I was in it every year and then I continued on as an intern and then I got hired on and eventually it wasn't volunteering my time. I was kind of being paid for it. That's so awesome. I had yeah. no idea. No. Um, it's, it's so funny because it is this huge piece of me and this huge piece of my soul, but it ended in, yeah. tw- in 2011. Um, the reality theater ended. Oh, kind of it. Like, it may even still exist, but reality theater as I knew it ended sure. in the fall of 2011 because, as we were discussing earlier, the state of Illinois cares not about human services <laughs> or funding of social Fuck services. Fuck you, Bruce Rohner. <laughs> Fuck you and the horse even, you came in on. This that was before been, him, It was before Bruce. But it was still, before Bruce. But yeah. he kind of... I think he just pushed the state even harder For, into something that they were probably still yeah. like... You know, it was a battleground already. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, nobody loved, was it Pat McCory who was the governor So it was Blagojevich. At that time, yeah. It was Blagojevich. It may have, 
he may have gotten out of office mm-hmm. because but around know, then he yeah was, like, arrested it was and stuff. it was around that same time so it might have been because it was like Quinn? my first oh right pat quinn I, uh, pat mccory is yeah. why i confuse yeah. their names same first name yeah. pat quinn i think it was i think Quinn was already in office at that point. It would have been right around that time. But it was yeah. right around that time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's what I was trying to say was yeah. I think that's how Ronner got into office is because no one like loved Pat Quinn. But I still think he was probably the better of the two evils. But that's okay. That's not why we're here. It's not at all. <laughs> it's part of the conversation though. It is. You know, it like is. when you're talking about volunteering social programs are are volunteering you yes. know like and they have to be because the state won't fund programs <laughs> enough to pay people any kind of living wage to do what they're doing mm. like that's that's at the end of the day the thing that i remind myself is like i volunteer now I volunteer because it's a cause that i believe in and it's because it's something that i know is desperately needed ma'am you know in the you're better than the rest of us that's uh, not true i know that's not i know you'll push all that but that's it needed to be said not true. um um man i didn't even really like this is kind of like <laughs> in the moment depressing me <laughs> i know i know because i didn't really think about that i mean we yeah. just spent all this time talking about how the church organized you yeah. know the projects that you had done in the past mm-hmm. And then as soon as it leaves the private sector of the church, yep. it's kind of doomed. Like, oh, yeah, that's like where see, uh, it's it, not the, this is not the conversation we yeah. need to have, but it's it yeah. just kind of all hit yeah. me at once. No, totally. <laughs> so um, reality theater was a program that existed um, within the prevention department of a youth and family counseling agency. Gotcha. Out in the okay. suburbs. So okay. the counseling agency was primarily a substance abuse counseling agency. Um, so the prevention department was all programming circling around um, substance abuse that prevention. Makes a ton of sense. Um, so like, and is also like, man, isn't that just the thing that they try to drill into you as a little kid? Oh yeah. Jesus, I know. don't fucking do drugs, <laughs> man. I know. But so like that was my theater group. My theater group existed. Reality theater was an acronym. Real events about life involving today's youth. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Real events about life involving today's youth. Or something like youth. that. Yeah. that. I mean, yeah, that's amazing. Like that. um, and so the grant that funded reality was intended to educate the youth, educate youth about making positive, healthy lifestyle choices. Sure. Um, it was never specifically, you know, anti-drug, anti-alcohol, mm. but that was an underlying piece of it. Mm-hmm. And it was just that every year we had to have that in a show in some way. Gotcha. About making good choices. Um, mm-hmm. So. How often did you do shows? Like Once a month. Cool. So just one of them per year had to be specifically like substance related or No. So so the way that we Sorry, I'm no, probably totally like fine. asking questions no, no. ahead of No, it's totally fine. Um so the way that reality worked, the goal was well, I'll say this. So the season started in June, like mm-hmm. right after school got out. Mm-hmm. And 
the goal was to have at least one new show written by Red Ribbon Week in October. Red Ribbon I remember Week, Red Ribbon mm-hmm. Week. Red Ribbon Week in, in October was always, that was always um, our like first week of shows. Cool. Um, so you had kind of like a six month in... In Second City terms, they would call that the process. Exactly. So you had kind of a six-month process from June to October to, like, develop the show. Yep. And it was was very process-oriented, and it was very experientially oriented. Um, We spent the summer telling stories. Oh, man. That's so cool. Fuck, man. This makes so much sense. (laughs) That's why I love this show, because it's like, I feel like I'm... This is like hitting me so like yeah. yeah of course this is the person that you are and like that's <laughs> a thing that you did man this is so great yeah um yeah so we the we the high schoolers the high schoolers in the group spent the summer telling stories and learning improv games and learning you know theater techniques mm-hmm. and um learning how to put writing together mm-hmm. um and it was writing about all different things um experiences with bullying experiences with body image experiences with depression with domestic abuse like real shit that kids were dealing with um we were always given prompts like every week of like you know how to write or not like how to write but like oh here's a topic or here's a question to answer or whatever Uh, write bullying on this sheet and then write a bunch of things around it that it makes you think of yeah yeah yeah, sure um we did a lot of god bless these people who led this thing I know oh my god the woman who directed me then is still one of my best friends mm. um we're still that's like, fantastic super, super close yeah it's amazing um she has a uh creative arts therapy degree she's a dance awesome. therapist by training yeah awesome um what she do now she is a uh, activities director at um a residential facility for seniors. Oh, cool, 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 cool. Yeah. Um, because in 2011, we both had to leave. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of why I asked, because yeah. I was like, man, oh, yeah. I hope that her like time and energy is being put into something that yeah. this big-hearted person obviously <laughs> has the ability to do. Yeah. Um, so... We like did all this writing and then yeah, like come like August, we would try to put it into a play format. And How many people were in this group? Usually around twenty. Wow. Twenty to twenty two teenagers. And they tried to get like a good breadth of like ages and Yeah. Yeah, it was usually pretty um types and stuff. Pretty evenly divided. And it was all interest-based. I mean, like, you had to audition. Sure. Not everybody made it. Sure. As I learned later on in my <laughs> career. Yeah, um, yeah. Not everybody made it, so you did have to audition. And one of the big pieces was, as a member of reality, you signed a contract saying that you would remain substance-free. Sure. So that was a piece of it. Um, that makes sense. And it was... <laughs> That's so funny. Because, like, at that time, I could totally see myself being having, like, found finding something like this uh uh amazing mm-hmm. like uh, to be involved in at that age and like i think that's why it sticks out to me so much that like dare and things like that and red ribbon week mm-hmm. and all this stuff gets felt so like thrust down my throat because okay. i could not ever have even imagined using drugs or alcohol at the age that, that it was being yeah. talked to me yeah. about it totally i was just like man i don't get it like 
I don't even know where to get them. Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So and I'd be like, yeah, I'll sign away. Totally. Like, I'm not gonna. <laughs> right. And that was me. Yeah. hundred percent. That's why I expressed that yeah. because I'm sure that you're coming yeah. from the same place. That was totally me too. I, when I joined this, again, I joined this group because I was like, yeah, I want to do theater outside of school. I want to be real cool mm-hmm. and be like, I do theater, not at school. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, I have to tell you, I'm not going to smoke or drink or do drugs. Okay. I was already not going to do those things. Because <laughs> right, I don't know how this to This is perfect. Yeah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and now if anybody asks, I could tell them I have a reason. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it certainly became like a, oh, yeah, this is a thing I believe in. Sure. Because a huge part of it was we did a ton of research. Like yeah. we incorporated statistics and sure. like truth into yeah. our shows. And yeah. so you learned And you a lot. listened to other kids tell yeah. these stories exactly. about their, how their lives had been affected by these things. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, so yeah, we would write plays. Sometimes we would do the same show from last year or whatever. When I was in it, it we really just did middle school shows. Okay. Um, every now and then we would do a high school show. By the time I was directing, we did, we focused on elementary and middle school and junior high. But when I was was much more just like middle school shows and we, as a group, the, we would typically perform about two school days a month. I was going to ask also like, yep, I figured that would mean that you would have time out of class. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So it was typically that the group performed about two school days a month sometimes other weekend events. Um, so there were like 20 to 22 of us because we were always double cast. Oh. So part of... So you only missed one day a mm-hmm. month. Gotcha. So that was like part of my deal was I got to miss school one day a month or I had to miss school one day a month. Um, and that was that was like my whole school year. It was like June through May. Wow. Literally like maybe four or five weeks of the entire school year were spent not actively in reality rehearsals wow and all of that time was volunteer time all of it wow um so like by the time i graduated high school i probably had like five thousand volunteer hours fuck yeah i mean how often did you guys meet so we met twice a week for three hours each time sunday nights and monday nights um and then sometimes we would have extra rehearsals right, sure. if we had a show day. Coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on show days, that was like eight or ten hours, depending on how long, depending on how far the show was, because we would have to get there early to drive. Right. Um, weekend performances, other nighttime rehearsals. It was a lot. Like, yeah. That was- I mean, yeah, I could see because even if you just go like, oh, well, it was like, I don't know. 15 hours a week mm-hmm. for X number of weeks. You're already talking about an astronomical number. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, and it's funny because I really should have asked Kim about this before we came on and I was thinking about it. I was like, I should ask Kim how many volunteer hours I had. But she like, she kept track of them because at the end of every year we would get a certificate saying this is how many hours you gave That's to awesome. reality this year. Um, because you can put that on your resume. Yeah, absolutely. And as you know, a high school student wanting to get into other programs or college or whatever. It was a factor. Looks sure. good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I probably graduated high school with close to 4,000 volunteer hours just from that. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah not to mention all the, you know, Appalachian service yeah. projects and things like that. Yeah. Man. I know. I know. So, like, that was that was my entire high school career yeah. was. I mean, that's that's all you that need. Program. Like. Yeah. If you have a thing that takes your time twice a week, that's the thing. Like, mm-hmm. that's your thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I 
also like did shows at school and was on speech team and all that stuff too. But like, mm-hmm. but that goes around the thing. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a freshman in high school. So it was like my very first year in high school and my very first year in reality. And I was also in the fall play and my rehearsal schedule for reality conflicted with my fall play schedule mm. and my directors had to talk to each other. And oh I was my like, gosh. I'm so sorry. That's so funny. I, it was awful. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I, for me, it was, it was soccer and the oh. spring musical. Yep. Um, I was going to say what you may know because I've talked about it on the podcast before. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but you can't. Soccer coaches don't like talking to. Oh no, um, theater directors. So no, and my yeah. high school theater director was not interested <laughs> in, in this, reality in my like volunteer gotcha. program. Okay. He was like, whatever. The Outsiders is so much more important. I was gonna ask what show it was. That's um, funny. It was The Outsiders. I was Cherry. <laughs> I was Marsha's friend, best friend Cherry. No. Cherry's best friend, Marsha. <laughs> I was the like, I was the other girl. Right, 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 right. I was right. not the main girl. Right, right. Even though I had red hair at the time, and the girl that they cast as the lead, Cherry, they had to put a wig on her. I always hated that when it could have been easier. Right? Yeah, been so that happened easier. to me a few times. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they like. One time, I remember I auditioned for Sound of Music. My brother got cast as Rolf. My dad got cast as Uncle Max, and I did not get cast as one of the kids. And I would have fit into like the like they claim that a lot of it was done visually, yeah. you know, like all the kids had to be like slightly taller than one. Sure. You know what I mean? But they like flub some or like swapped some of the ages because it like made it work better. And I was like, guys, I was right here. Yeah, I know that game. <laughs> I know that game. Yeah, it's OK. Uh, So like, again, just yeah. Everything of- else had to kind of revolve yeah, around that. It did. Um, but again, like it wasn't a, I didn't think of it as giving my time. Yeah. You thought of it as like reality theater is the best. It was. Why wouldn't I want to do that? Where all my best friends were from, um, to this day. Oh, I can't imagine how close you'd be to those people. Yeah. Um, you know, I was fine with people at high school and, and at like my school and I had like really good friends at my school, but I'm only really in touch with one person that I went to actual high school with. Yep. Um, whereas, yeah, my reality folks, I mean, um, the woman that I directed with has been my mentor forever and ever and ever. And she kept me on as an intern, like I said, when I graduated and then I got Yeah, hired. what did that look like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like that is kind of where it stops. When you start making this conscious decision mm-hmm. that like, oh, now this is definitely volunteering. I'm not yeah. just like a kid doing a thing I liked, even though that was volunteering too, yeah. as we've discussed. Yeah. Uh, yeah, what did that look like, the transition into like adulthood? Yeah, it was... It was really amazing because I had the opportunity as a high school graduate to say, I want to continue contributing to this group. And then it became, this group means so much to me and what it does not only for the community and the folks that they're performing for, but for the participants. Mm -hmm. It means so much to me that I want to give my time. I want to be a part of it continuing to grow. Sure. succeed Mm -hmm. um and I wanted to do that like Mm -hmm. I saw what Kim did as this adult who I thought had the coolest job where she got to hang out with teenagers and inspire them and help them learn and grow and express themselves and I was like I want to do that Mm -hmm. so it was also like 
this is a really rad way for me to freely learn how to be what I want to be um, at the time, you know? Um, so really, I got to stay on in almost an assistant director role. That's um, awesome. She had assistant directors. The funny thing, <laughs> and she won't mind my saying this, the funny thing is that my friend Kim, who was the director for this whole time, she's very short. Ah. <laughs> she's very, very short. She is so short that she is not legally able to, not even legally able to, she's not able to drive like 15 passenger vans. Oh, <laughs> so oh it's, Kim. it's not even about legal. She's just, she's too she short. Physically she can't physically can't drive, drive a 15 passenger van. How tall are we talking here? I mean, she's going to murder me. Oh, like, no. she might be under five feet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I was like, I'm five too. Like, I yeah. don't know if I'd be able to do that. Maybe. Yeah, I I think she's under five. I feet. mean, I gotta crank a seat to like the front of mm-hmm. where it is in a car. Yeah. Like she does too. People get behind the wheel of a car I drove, and they're like, "Good lord, how'd you get in here?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm sure, yeah. and I also have short legs. Yeah, so that thing is like at, yeah. at at front capacity. I will say she is shorter than you. Okay, she's definitely shorter than you. Um, so like. I'm sure that the I'm sure that the organization made Kim have an assistant director also so that she wasn't the only adult with 20 children but like a huge piece she of it was literally, that she literally could not drive, drive the van um, and that's how we got to shows <laughs> that's so funny so like we had assistant directors in fact one of my other best like best friends slash women that I'm closest with was assistant director like my senior year of high school um but none of the assistant directors were really as artistically inclined um, gotcha. or as like geared towards the success of the program. They were really just secondary adults. Yeah. Um, and so I really got to step up right out of high school. That's amazing. And, you know, start to lead rehearsals or lead exercises in rehearsals, take ownership over gathering the writing and help to form a script. I mean, you had done it for, like, what better way to have experience than to have been on the other side of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. So the first year that I interned, it was just the summer. It was just, like, my summer right out of high school. Uh Um, And then I came away. I, like, left and went to school and, you know, would, like, go back. They We always did, like, one big show a year. We called it the public show. Like, Mm, where we were, like, sitting at a theater with, like, lights and yeah. sound and it was like a weekend it's not like during the school day yeah it was at night for an assembly yeah. yeah friends and family could come stuff like that cool um so you know like i went back that first year and went to the public show and was like oh i, I miss, miss this yeah. <laughs> um and so the next year like for the next season i asked if i could stay on for the whole season and be around for the whole time um so still like those two years did you go to school locally i went to depaul Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Um, I think I knew that, but eh. I started at DePaul. I graduated from Roosevelt. Gotcha. College undergrad was like not my priority. <laughs> Going. To I mean, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it because no, you were trying to. Yeah, yeah. Because you essentially had a full time job. I did. Yeah, I did. Sure. Yeah. Um, I want to say I got like a stipend my second year, maybe a grand. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't that rem- is fucking nothing. Oh, I know. Oh, <laughs> especially yeah. for considering how time. much yeah. time I'm sure you put into it. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. especially like members of the group, you know, were at rehearsal and 
any other any like outside of rehearsal time was writing mm-hmm. like uh, like writing assignments whereas mm-hmm. like as an intern there was a lot more behind the scenes and a lot more organizational sure, yeah and, like, what were you guys doing and, for the next rehearsal yeah yeah yeah, yeah sure so it was definitely a lot more mm-hmm. than what schools time. are you going to do the show at when yeah. are they all the logistical bullshit that you don't think about when you're just a kid uh-huh yeah and there was so much of it god i can't imagine yeah um and then so that was my freshman year and sophomore year of undergrad was interning uh-huh. and then the whatever assistant director we'd had my second year of interning was a complete dud <laughs> just like didn't show up to rehearsal one night that Kim wasn't there. Uh, and so there was no adult. Yuck. And so m- my best friend Doug and I just ran the rehearsal. Yeah. We were like, well, because Kim was like out of town. I'm glad you guys were there. I know. <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. I think he got fired. I don't remember. Mm. Um, And I don't, maybe by that, no, I was only 20. I was going to say, maybe I was 21, but I wasn't. I was only 20, and they hired me to be Kim's assistant director. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So at this point, like, you legitimately had a full-time job while you were going to school? Yes. (laughs) Though I wasn't paid as a full-time job. Oh, no. Oh, no. It was, like, maybe... Maybe it was 20 hours a week. Maybe I made $10 an hour and it was 20 hours a week. Remember when $10 an hour was a lot? Sounded amazing. Sounded like, Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, because like the only jobs you had ever heard of were like minimum wage. And you're like, they make seven. Ten is a million. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, For sure. So I want to say it was $10 an hour. Yeah, so you're like, $20 a week, $10 an hour. I'm a millionaire. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But even that, like 20 hours a week was not what it was and like that summer Kim had her baby mm. my little my Max who's my nine year old there that you I go about a lot. when you it's so funny because I I knew that you had a friend who had a kid that you were very close to mm-hmm. and then before we started talking on Mike you mentioned this as well because we were talking about Halloween costumes oh yeah uh and then as you started talking about Kim I was like I think slash I bet it's this lady's kid. It is. And like I, I yeah. almost asked like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> and I was like, nah, I'll just like just let maybe that it's not. Happen. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. So that's how close you are yeah. to Kim is yeah. that you have been a part of Max's entire entire life. life. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I have been babysitting for Max slash hanging out with Max since he was a month old. I know. A little, Man. A little peanut. Mm. Um he's my best friend. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Joe. <laughs> uh, this is for the <laughs> Cleveland bullshit. This, this is right. for Believe Land. This is right. Um. Anyways, so yeah, that was my so my like first. We year. fly in the W with Max, bitch. <laughs> yeah, but Kim's from Cleveland too. No way. Oh my god. So when you went met Joe, you were just like. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, here we go. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I had no idea that that. It's like my, I was talking to my mom about um going out to. I went to a wedding in Pittsburgh last mm-hmm. weekend. Uh, it was uh, Adam Shrek and Caitlin Steffen, and those two are both from Pittsburgh. And Eric, my boyfriend, and his best friend Ryan are from Pittsburgh, and moved. The two of them moved to Chicago together. The two of them did not know. Adam or Caitlin. Caitlin 
and Adam did not know one another. It was just all of these people who became very good friends who all happened, well, yeah. quote unquote, who all like happened to be from Pittsburgh. Totally. But like, you know how that goes. I do. Absolutely. You know, so like the, the like, same origin thing really oh, holds water it does no it really does because it's not just kim and joe two of my other like very best female friends are from ohio that's so funny like the dayton area yeah that's so it's funny outrageous yeah i think i think pittsburgh is like my my cleveland yeah because it's like those four and then katie johnson smith mm-hmm. has uh mm-hmm. pittsburgh ties as well and it's just like this is not a coincidence yeah. like these five yeah, people that are all very important in my life yeah. i mean ryan and eric and katie uh more so but yeah. still you know yeah. uh i was at adam and caitlin's wedding you know yeah. <laughs> right exactly these these five people all being from the same place mm-hmm. is not coincidental i know but anyway i know um it was 2007 i had just been hired <laughs> to work like 20 hours a week and then Kim had her baby in July and went on maternity leave and wow. left me as a not like by her no, like she trusted me enough sure, and yeah, the of agency course. trusted me enough as a 20 year old good lord to run the program for the next three months uh, which brought us right up to Red Ribbon Week and like first week of performances Mm -hmm. so basically like get a show on its feet yeah um yeah you did most like you were there by yourself during that whole process period all of it yeah um and i think they said to me well maybe it was even that i had been at like 15 hours a week but they were like well you can do like 20 25 hours a week while kim's gone (laughs) and you're like "Mm, you guys don't realize how much work this is well right and the kids are doing 15 hours a week. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you probably would have to put in twice that at least. I was way too young to really, really understand how to track my time. Mm. So I just like did it. I did what I needed to do. And I like report. And that was more of what it was for you than anything else. Oh, yeah. It was you put in the time that it took to do the thing. A hundred percent. And like, that is me. Like, that is me. That is how I've always been. Like, if a thing needs to get done, I will do it. And if it, you know, takes 10 hours, it takes 10 hours. If it only takes one or if I can figure out how to make it take only like one, great. But yeah, like I will do this thing because it needs to get done. And because, like, as I said, you're a bad bitch. <laughs> Thank you. It definitely screwed me. It bears me. repeating as many times as I can. Thank you. It screwed me with reality because I didn't do a good job of keeping track of things. And I just kind of reported my time willy nilly. Mm. I was like, oh, this week I did 15 hours. This week I did 25. Even though I not, none of that was accurate. Yeah. Right. Um, when there's no telling how much time you were putting in. No telling. Yeah. And so while wow, you were a full time student, full time student and working at the bookstore. No by that shit. Point. Oh, yeah. So you had two fucking jobs. Yeah. No wonder you had to go to Roosevelt for shit bad boy off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I quit no school shit. at one point. I yeah. was like, I can't do this. I knew you said it, it had taken you longer than four years. Yeah. yeah. It took me five. Um, hey, man. Yeah. Okay. Got that. Got that big D. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. No, I worked What was it? What was your major? Psychology. I think I knew that, too. So is that what your degree is in? Psychology, yeah. 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 I have a BA in mm-hmm. psychology. Um, there was like a hot minute where I was going to, where I was an education major mm. because I really wanted to go 
down the theater and education route. Yeah, you wanted to be Kim. I wanted to be Kim. Yeah, of course. Um, but there's no direct path to being Kim. Yeah. And there I ne- mean, there never was. You were kind of already being Kim. I was. Is the yeah. real issue here. <laughs> right, exactly. But I was like, I need, I want a degree or I want to figure out how to get the training sure. to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I got to break it to you. You were getting the training I kn- to do I it. Know, I know, I know, I know. Believe me. The um, more, I, I think, yeah, yeah. I think our generation got a little, like very specifically people our age yeah. got a little trapped in like the idea of having to like go to school to do the thing that you wanted totally. to do. 100%. And I think that the people even directly after us because the economy will mm-hmm. have been better when they were like graduating won't quite have that like mentality as much as we have. And then obviously the generation after us has already seen like, you know, as tuitions rise, mm-hmm. college enrollment falls, you know? Right. Yep. Uh, so it's interesting that that is how it uh, uh, manifested itself in your life. A hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. Like, I don't even remember why. Oh, I think I started as a psychology major because I wanted a graduate degree in drama therapy. Ah. Uh, like, I think that was my... Sure. That's what I was thinking end. when you said yeah. psychology. I was like, oh, like, therapy drama stuff. Therapy. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, drama therapy, because yeah. that was kind of what I was doing with reality. Of course it was. Of course. And then and then I was an education major for a hot second, because I was like, oh, I really like the education aspect of it, because mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but then my school was like, cool, as a first semester education student, you have to do X number of observation hours. Oh, and I was fuck, like, yeah. I, I don't have time in my yeah. life for that. Mm-hmm. Like, education is incredibly time consuming outside of the classroom. Very time consuming. And I already had my passion. It's ridiculous that you couldn't go like, does this count? I know. You know what I mean? I know. That's ridiculous. I know. That's the school of hard knocks, man. <laughs> no. So I was like, well. Okay. Yeah. Then yeah. I probably... You're doing shit that absolutely mm-hmm. could have and should have applied to some kind of uh, degree program. But like, who gives a shit? Right. Well, and at that point I was getting paid for it. So it like, I couldn't gotcha. utilize okay. it for like okay. school credit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes but, sense. That yeah. makes sense. Um, but yeah, after, after like Kim came back from maternity leave and we like, and the year calmed down and we were in the groove of things, we like talked about the time that she was away on maternity leave and how much time I had spent. And we decided to do this thing where we said, Hey, this is how much time Emily reported, Mm. but this is how much she actually worked Mm -hmm. thinking that we would be like, look, this position needs to be full time. Right. What actually happened is that they got really nervous that I or my parents would try to like sue them, charge them, mm -hmm, back sue them. So they, and I'd had like a, you know, oh, like a yearly contract or whatever. Sure. Even though Illinois is at will, it wasn't like that, but it was like, this is how much we'll pay you for the year based on the hourly and this, you know. Right. These, this many hours. Yeah, kind of like a, a, a glorified stipend. Basically. Yeah. Um, so they were like, cool, we're going to back pay you for all of those hours and... Eliminate this position. Eliminate this position. Broke my heart. Fuck. Yeah. Broke my heart. And then I had a decision to make, and this was... 
Oh, I had quit school at this point. I was going to say it had to have been it was like this, somewhere in the transition period. It was. This was around the time that I, it was just after I quit school. Could you, so you put in like three-ish years at DePaul? Like two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's so funny. Yeah. Because before you were like, I don't have time for this. And then you just described like exactly what happened and how you had to just like totally take over this whole program yeah. while Kim was gone. Yeah. And that was the exact same time when you're like, I don't have time to miss. I don't. I didn't. I was, I was it's like, almost like one of those things I had to do with the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, yeah. So... Not that they fired me, but they were like, sure. here you go. And yeah. yep, this position doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Almost like a severance. Thing. Yeah. yeah. But it was in January and it was in the middle of Yeah, the you year. had through May. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, again, I will always remember, you know, talking to Kim about it on the phone and having her say to me, I'm not allowed to ask you to stay mm. because I can't put you in that position. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And you know, thought about it and whatever and like talked to my parents about it. And I was like, no, like I'm going to keep doing this job. Right. So I then spent the next like four or five months continuing to do my job. But again, like volunteering my time. Even more volunteer. Right. Like, exactly. Pull that ten hour, $10 an hour out of the <laughs> equation. That sweet, sweet scratch. <laughs> yes. And by this time, by this point, I was basically full time at Jamba Juice. <sighs> and and going back to school um yeah and then and then I was assistant director for another so I did eventually get my job back like they got the funding again Mm -hmm. um man that's I fucking hate that programs like that have to be beholden to that I know the work like so it happened again like a year later, not because of me and my hours, but because they lost funding. So because they lost funding, they eliminated my position. And I had to leave the program. Like they wouldn't let me come back and volunteer like I had. And that was that was like genuinely heartbreaking. That was one of like the hardest summers I've ever had. I mean, to be told that this thing that you had put yeah. seven years of your At life point, into. Yeah was just like, no, you can't do this. Yeah. And of course it was never, when it, it wasn't Kim saying that. When it, it was, was all yeah. you wanted to do, yeah. when if it was the only thing you did, it would have made you truly happy. <laughs> yeah. God. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. There was, like we knew that there were funding cuts coming and. You had put a third of your <laughs> life into this program. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. I was at Jamba when I got the call from the HR representative. God, that's so depressing. Oh, yeah. And I was managing a shift. So, like, I was, like, the person in charge Ugh. that day. And I I just remember, like, sitting in the bathroom at Jamba, like, on the floor in the bathroom, like, just bawling my eyes out because my life was over. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> worst summer of my life. I was also in summer school because I was behind, so <laughs> I was trying to catch up. At Roseville? At, at this Roosevelt point? At this point, yep. Um, worst summer of my life. And then that fall, like September, I think. Um, this was like, oh, eight? This would have been... Oh, nine. Right in the crux of that sweet, sweet uh, recession. Yeah, yeah. 
So that would make sense. So that's that that the money just it was wasn't there. Oh nine or twenty ten. It was one of those two. Years. Yeah, 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 yeah. Either way, we're yeah. we're looking at yeah. At yes. Before we kind of yes. got a, dug before out of that. Yeah. yeah. Um. My kids, the kids in the group at the time, and their parents had rallied and like written letters and fundraised to get me back (laughs) (laughs) on like a very specific stipend, like a very tight, tight stipend. Um, But they, yeah, like they brought me back after the summer. Yeah. After that summer. So I lost my job twice, (laughs) but I got to come back twice. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm so sorry. I didn't know that's where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. I know. That's incredible. (laughs) So like, did they, they like fundraised to like financially support your position? Yeah. Fuck, man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. That's incredible. Yeah. It was amazing. God. And it, I mean, even like. I'm sure it was only like five grand or something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, that's so funny school. because that was like the number that came to my mind. I was yeah. like, I bet they raised about five grand. Yeah, Like it was nothing. But of course I was like, great. And it was like a very controlled. You could like, only be there during rehearsals, like whatever it was. No, it was just, I only got paid whatever that was. Yeah. But you could, do- I still lived my life. Yeah. And like helped Kim and was there when I needed to be like, yeah. Cause that was my program. Yeah. Um, and then in 2011 was when the budget got even worse for Illinois. And it got so bad that the finally, like, the, the counseling agency came to the prevention department. There were, like, three full-time employees. I was part-time, and maybe there was another part-time person. But they came to the department and said that they only had funding for, like, one and a half employees. And so for like a month, we were sitting around thinking that like maybe they would just keep Kim and I. Right. I was going to say that like you hoped that the thing that they kept from that department was your program. program. Yeah. Um, When it came down to it, instead, they chickened out and decided to just cut all of the The full-time people down to halftime. That was what they offered. Which... Just presented everybody there with a really huge dilemma. Because That's such bullshit, though, because yeah. you know it's the same fucking thing. They're just going to expect the same thing from you and just pay you less. It's the same thing that you've exactly. already gone through. Right. Exactly. And Ugh. then they didn't have to give them insurance. Of as, course. You know, less than full time employees. Of course. And that wasn't an option that my friend Kim could take. Um, not with her child. She had a kid. Yeah. Um, she was married, and like I think. They were on his insurance, but like you just never know, and it, just, no. it wasn't a risk she was willing to take. No, Wait. you can't. No, you can't gamble on your own. You can gamble on your own life if you're if a stupid twenty-something and yeah. you don't have anyone else to answer to except for your parents. Like you can, you can live without health insurance and just roll the fucking dice. But you can't roll the dice with kids, man. No, nope. You can't roll the dice with a family. Nope. So when that option was presented to her. Kim decided that she was going to have to step away, which was huge and hard because what? So this was 2011 and I had joined reality as a freshman in high school in 2001. So this, at that point, 
I had already been with the program for 10 years. 10 years. And she had been there for at least five years prior to me. So she'd been there for at least like 15 or 16 years. Wow. Um, but she made the decision that she needed to step away, that that wasn't a risk that she could take. Mm. Um, and because she's an amazing woman who is incredibly strong and gracious and intelligent, she said to me that I needed to do what was right for me and that if I needed to stay or wanted to stay, that that was okay. Yeah. Um, and I really thought about it and, you know, could have seen myself taking that group if they had offered me full time because mm-hmm. I was still at Jamba. Mm-hmm. At that point, I had graduated high school or college. Right. At that point, I graduated college and was shift managing at Jamba Juice and working part time at Reality. And all I wanted to do was full time. Of course. Like that's all I wanted to do was not work one and a half jobs. That was really like two and a half God. jobs. So this woman who had like built this thing yeah. was like, you can have it. Yeah. But <sighs> they weren't prepared to offer me full time right away. And I couldn't do it. So she and I agreed to leave together. And we had one like final rehearsal with the kids where we got there early. It was a Sunday. We got there early and like packed up our office. And this so just, devastating. It was devastating. We sat, just sat in a circle with the kids and told them what happened and told them that we had, you know, had to make those decisions. And, and can you imagine how those kids now view social programs? Yeah. And like how those kids was lives if they had any understanding and of they did. Yeah. how like bureaucratically that had happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. And they do. Um, some of, some of those students have grown into really amazing, amazing people. One of the women, one of the young women has just started law school. Oh, God bless. Um, another young man, he's doing theater in Chicago. He's in London right now, I think studying abroad. Cool. Like, doing theater here. Um, yeah, they've like, they're thank still going. goodness for Facebook because they've like, yeah, like, cause you get to like, see, I get to know like, yeah. what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was November 6, 2011. Oh. <laughs> I know. Um, I'm such a weirdo about dates. But it was almost five years ago, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we started talking about this, and I didn't mean to spend so much time talking about reality. It's okay. But no. I mean, it was so obviously a, a huge part of this story. It's a huge part of my story. And the, the thing that's always so funny to me is, like, how most of the people in my life now don't know that about me. Yeah, I had no idea. Didn't know that part. I can't of my believe life. I've never talked to you about this. Yeah, it's like, how does it come up casually? Yeah, sure, right, you know, right, yeah. Without it being flippant, like, oh yeah, I was in a drug-free I did this. theater company. Yeah, right. Like, I wrote plays. Like, right, right, right. Like, no, I was in this thing that changed my life yeah. and meant a lot. And for a really long time, I really thought that I would be able to find a way to work with high schoolers and help them write and help them create. And that just didn't pan out, man, man. you. I don't think the story's over yet, man. (laughs) I just don't. I don't think so either. Uh, Kim and I still talk, not like seriously, but every now and then she and I are like, maybe someday we'll do something again. Yeah. The funny thing. I don't think the story's over. I don't think so either. The funny thing is that my current employment weirdly Kim knows and is very good friends with 
one of the co-founders of my company. That's so funny. And I, you know, was looking for work. Yeah. Was looking to make a change. Mm -hmm. Um, and had seen this ad. I'm, talked about it at rehearsal yeah. at Danny Tanner rehearsal. I had seen this ad for this position and they were requiring a video resume and that freaked me out. Oh, I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like a video resume. What? Yeah. Um, and I happened to have dinner that night with Joe and my friends, Kim and Carrie. And I was just talking about this, like, look at Not this July, weird yeah. new age thing. And right. my friend and Kim was like, wait, eight bit studios. I, I know the co-founder and they've been oh, like friends forever my heart I know. <laughs> so I'm like oh okay I guess I should apply and I did and now I'm employed doing something that I love not equally to working with those kids but in a very in a very similar way it's something that I feel that I'm good at yeah it's been a long time since I've like been like oh i'm this is a thing i'm good at that's great you know that's amazing yeah and and uh before that you uh <laughs> worked for a tutoring company yep so even uh you know all details and such aside you were still like helping kids yeah. <laughs> like in a very hands-off uh totally well yeah uh that's, logistics yeah. way but you know but that's kind about, of yeah making um, people's lives better ultimately uh, just wanted to throw that in there. <laughs> um, it's true. W- w- so, so that's five years though, you know? Yeah. So, so, and I know, and that it's funny, you know, like I said, like we've said, I didn't know anything about reality mm-hmm. theater, but mm-hmm. I did know that you were a passionate volunteer. Mm-hmm. What has the last five years looked like? The last five years is one of my favorite musicals. I was going to say great musical. <laughs> Is one of my favorite musicals. Did you, you like the movie version, right? I do. It's so good. It's so good. I can't believe how good they did. I know. I weep. Weep. Oh, oh, it's just sobbing. Yeah. It's I'm, just awful. I'm sad because my roommate bought it on iTunes when we lived together. So it used to exist on my Apple TV and it does not oh. exist on my Apple TV anymore. It was on, I think I watched it. I don't know how I watched it. I could have watched it illegally. I was going to say, I think I watched it on something streaming, but I could be wrong. So I don't want to, I think it was on Netflix for a while, but I don't know if it still is. Yeah. I love it. It's good. The last five years. So the last five years, um, kind of quiet Mm -hmm. because it, it took me a while to come back from, Oh, I can't imagine from that. That is like, like you said, it's just heartbreaking. A, A lot of it was. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure anything that you did felt so like, hollow compared to how passionate that was yeah it was very different um after i left reality i was still at jamba juice i was there for five years also yikes could have run my own store so you went from jamba to wisant mm-hmm. dang bro Oof. i know i know you know the ins and outs of the juice <laughs> yes i do <laughs> i can tell you how to make any smoothie you'd like Oh, yeah. So, like, the whole smoothie thing, you coming back, like, you trying to get into the habit of drinking smoothies, is that out of, like, did you just push them away for a while? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) All the pieces are falling into place. Because I knew that it was, like, a big deal for you to try to, like, daily smoothie. But now it makes even more sense because you're, like... (laughs) 
<laughs> covered in smoothies. Literally, most days. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Oh my God. Um, this is so funny. Man, I love this. <laughs> this is why I love my show. I know. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so I left white, or I left reality and I was at Jamba and I could have had my own store, but I did not <laughs> want one. <laughs> Meaning, like, I could have been promoted and sure. been salaried right. and all of that. Yeah. But I just didn't want it. I was pretty good at it. I'm not going to beat around the bush. And I don't mean to sound arrogant. Of course you were. I mean, yeah. Like, you have managerial skills. You You garnered them from working with fucking teenagers all the time. Yes, it's true. Yes. Uh, Because if you can get teenagers to do shit, I think you can get anyone to do it. (laughs) Yes. I also had a theater background. So, like, training came very naturally to me. Sure. As did, like the service industry of sure. dealing with people Man. all day long. Yeah, of course. You know? yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, so I didn't want to live that Jamba Juice life. Right. Um, so I decided I needed a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, I was only going to go back. I was really only going to stay at Wyzant for a year and then go to grad school. Really? That, that was my plan. For drama therapy? No. Um, I applied to... Um, Masters of Education in Social Work degrees. Cool. I'd landed on wanting to be a school social worker. Cool. Yeah. Um, I knew it had to be in the same world. It was. And like the school social worker was always who reality contracted I was going to say that's so funny because reality is like the theatrical version of a school social worker, it sounds like. Right. And if I was a school social worker, then maybe I could have my own program Mm -hmm. in in a school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I was going to do that. I applied to school, so I was going to go to Loyola. Um, but I put it off. And that's okay. You like got in and everything oh. too. Yeah. But it wasn't, it wasn't the right path for me at the time. Um, again, maybe someday. This story ain't over, man. Hmm. But it, it wasn't over. the right path. So I stayed at Wyzant for, well, I was at Wyzant for like four and a half years. Um, but I, I really spent a couple of years just like living my life yeah um god yeah (laughs) you fucking had to man (laughs) yeah um and then in 2013 my friend john sviokla ran the marathon um and he had only just started running in february and i was like well if john sviokla can run the marathon after not only only starting to run in february i can run the marathon so in the fall of 2013 i said I'm going to run the 2014 marathon. And in Chicago, you can enter a lottery to get an entry to the marathon. Right. Or you can say that you will run on behalf of a charity and raise funds. Ah. And then you are guaranteed an entry to the marathon. Ah. Uh So my mom and I decided to run the marathon. So it was like, welcome back. Welcome back. (laughs) Welcome back. Yep. Yep. Um, my that's mom and so I funny decided that that's yeah. what like opened the door because yeah. that's what I would have associated yeah. your like volunteering yeah. with is like five Ks and and, yeah. and and running and stuff like that. Yep. Yeah. That's where it's led. That's, and that's where, where it, it is. It manifests currently. now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So I decided to run the 2014 Chicago Marathon. I researched all of the available charities that I could fundraise on behalf of mm-hmm. um and was immediately and solely drawn to the ronald mcdonald house charity mm. um it's a charity that 
members of my family, not my immediate family, but my extended family have um, had to call upon. And so like, I know what an amazing charity it is. Um, so I decided to raise money for it. And so I think I... Ronald McDonald House, What uh, what's their like primary function? So the Ronald McDonald House charity provides basically a home away from home for families of children who are receiving treatment at a nearby hospital. Gotcha. Um, the deal is that if you are receiving treatment at a hospital and can't afford a hotel or don't want to be or don't want to have to afford a hotel. Sure. Um, you can or get even a, don't want to be in this like right. sterile, awful environment, awful environment all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, houses around the country, around the world partner with um, hospitals to provide lodging. Cool. And meals. Man. Um, I so, never knew that. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's what, yeah, that's what it is. It's literally, it's literally. I knew it was like, uh, sick kids associated, but I yeah, didn't realize that yeah. like that was the cause. That's really cool. Yeah, the purpose is to give the families, the parents, and anyone else in the family somewhere else to be Man. while their child is receiving treatment. That's um, awesome. At the house that I volunteer at, which we'll get to that story mm -hmm. of like how I came to volunteer there. Sure. But the house. Yeah. Sorry for, for no, no, jumping the gun totally a little. Fine. No, it's good to there, explain yeah. the charity. Um, the house that I volunteer at is the Ronald McDonald House near Lori, which is down on Grand, mm -hmm. um, basically at Grand in Michigan. Mm -hmm. um, and the Chicago houses, the rule is that you have to live at least 10 miles away uh, um, to qualify gotcha. to be able to stay in the house. Because we live in this wonderful city with amazing public transit. I don't care who you are. You can get almost anywhere in this city via public transit. Yep. It's really accessible. Mm -hmm. Um I just so, say that because I know so many people are so snobby about the CTA. No, no, but no. Like, You're right. Yeah, yeah. Like you could live 10 miles away from Leary and, and get there on a train. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. So that's like definitely a Chicago house rule. I don't know what the residency requirements are for other houses. Mm -hmm. um, for example, the family members that I had who utilized it, um, they lived in Maine, but their child had to go to Boston General. Um, for wow. brain surgery so they stayed at the Jesus house by, by Boston um, and obviously like didn't li live in the area yeah because it was um, like a few hours yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah so the house acts basically like a hotel but it's much warmer it's much friendlier um, the house downtown has 86 family rooms wow. so it has the capacity to serve 86 families every night um, it has two kitchens two well, two large kitchens that are accessible to the families. There's one where just the families staying there can like use to do whatever they want. And then there's one where volunteers come and prepare lunch and dinner every Ugh. day to serve. Um, there's always food then in the refrigerators and in the pantry, like just available so that they don't have That's to think one about last that. thing to worry about. Yeah, man. What yeah. a gift. Yeah, there are always activities um i sit on a board for ronald mcdonald house also <laughs> that's amazing um and we just put on an event on sunday a halloween event um where the where we like i didn't do it because i had others because like i volunteered in the morning on sunday so hey I it's i know it's okay <laughs> it's like it's i okay. wasn't there <laughs> it's okay but my board it's all right <laughs> 
my board put on this event where they like reverse trick or treated oh. and would like go to the ro- doors and, and like in costume out. and then give candy oh. and then did like crafts and games and stuff. But that kind of stuff is happening all, all the time, all the time yeah. at the house. Um, all of the Chicago sports teams are huge contributors That's to the house. Awesome. Um, the Bulls are always there. We always have tickets to give away to Cubs games, to Sox games, to Hawks games. There are Bears games tickets for this week. Like the entire Chicago community is so invested in the house. It's amazing. It, that makes sense because mm-hmm. Illinois is McDonald's country. Yes. Corporate. That makes sense. Is out in um, Oak Park. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just it just you know it makes sense that Chicago specifically would be as uh, uh, involved in yeah. Ronald McDonald House as it is yeah so I don't I don't know what any of the other houses are like but um, that's what this house is like um, that's what the charity does um, families can stay there basically as long as they need to sometimes it's only a couple of nights sometimes it's nine months longer than a year depending on what is going on. Wow. You know, what the kid, what the you know child is in, in for. And stuff, mm-hmm. yeah. um, the house asks for a donation of $10 a night, but it's really just whatever they can pay for. Wow. Um, and so the house runs on donations. Absolutely. And fundraising. Yeah. And everything. Not and that. volunteers. Yeah. Um, so when we ran the marathon, in order to meet your fundraising goal you had I had to raise like a thousand dollars at least based on when I signed up my mom signed up a little bit later in the year so she was required to raise at least fifteen hundred dollars gotcha um we both exceeded not like massively but we did both exceed our goals Mm -hmm. um and that felt really great and it was awesome that year that you know 2014 year 13 to 14 yeah yeah a run a marathon (laughs) and be like yeah let's not (laughs) yeah seriously that that was cool you can't really like (laughs) gloss over the fact that you did also during all of this train and run a marathon train for and run um but i wasn't volunteering yet so like that was just my first year gotcha it was was more the fundraising Mm -hmm. effort gotcha Mm -hmm. did you like get people to pledge a certain amount or stuff like that or yeah it wasn't like it wasn't like, oh, pledge a dollar me a mile. three miles or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. No, it was just donations and cool. whatever people gave. And I had, you know. You just hustled. Just hustled. Yeah. Um, and it was really amazing that year our team, like our marathon team, rose over a million dollars. Wow. Like just that, the Chicago team. And that was the first time a marathon team had done that. The Chicago Ronald McDonald team? The Chicago marathon team running for the Ronald McDonald house. Wow. Yeah. Out of how many how many people were there, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. Over a million dollars. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. I mean, not huge. Like the Still, though. like <laughs> Sorry, not a huge amount of people. Oh, 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 yeah. On yeah, the yeah, team. Yeah. I don't remember, but it wasn't like... I don't think it was hundreds. Wow. Maybe it was like 150. Wow. If that. That's yeah. fantastic. I know. It was amazing. That's amazing. It was amazing. It was like 1.7 million or something like that. It was huge. Good I lord. Know. That's I know. incredible. I know. And gosh, to think about how far that would go to running yeah. that facility, that's got to feel incredible. <laughs> yeah. They say that one night, I may have given the wrong stats. Maybe it's 50 family rooms. I think that a night, a night for one family costs around $85. 
I'd believe that. Yeah. I was I was like in my head I was like, what would be a reasonable number? Yeah, like a hundred bucks. Yeah. It's like just yeah. under a hundred dollars is what they guessed to put up one one room. Because if you extrapolate that out, I mean three grand for a month yeah. of like food and the facilities yeah. itself. That makes sense. It I does. believe that. Yeah. Checks out. Yeah. Um so yeah, I finished the marathon. And at first, and I was like, wow, I just ran a marathon. And then yeah. I was like, wow, I just did all of that for this charity. That's amazing. I want to do more. Yeah, how like, could you not? Raising money is is one thing and is amazing and has such did an you impact. Get, did you like start going to the house at that point? Like it was all just. It was all just. Oh man, look at these numbers. Mm-hmm. Like look at what we're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to see how this is going into practice. Yeah. Man, that's great. Yeah. So that fall, that would have been, yeah, October 2014, I like went to the website and I was like, I want to volunteer in the house. How can I do that? Mm-hmm. And I got put on a wait list because guess what? Everybody wants to volunteer at the Ronald McDonald house. Oh. I know. <laughs> so, it was uh, fine. It's a decent problem to have for it them. Is. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was on the wait list until about April 2015. Wow. Mm-hmm. And that's when I got brought in for training. Um, so I've officially been volunteering for the house since April 2015. So about like a year and, and a half, half now. Yeah. Um, and I'm there at least once a month. Um, I try to go more if I can. Some months I make it twice a month, but it's hard. Um, you know, yeah, the schedules and stuff. It's, oh, yeah. It's tricky. I, I truly don't know how. Like, you really have to want to make something like that a part of your, yep. you know, day-to-day or week-to-week yep, life. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So, I go once a month. And usually, I'm either on the first floor um, kind of acting as, like, a security desk. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, anybody like can directing get... directing people. Mm-hmm. And- like, anybody can get into the building. Like, you still have to get buzzed into the building. Mm-hmm. But, like, I don't know who you are when you're just buzzing sure. on the street. So, like, I have to let you in. Yeah. Um, but you can't get up into the elevator unless someone at the front desk helps you. Gotcha. So, either I'm doing that or I'm up on the fifth floor sitting at another desk. And that's where all the families come to check in. Gotcha. Um, so, I get to greet all of the families who check in. Like, show them where the rooms are and stuff like yeah. that. I don't get to do that. But Uh-oh. I pass still, them off to I another pass them off to a staff member. Smiling face. <laughs> yeah, um, and then that's also where families come to like rent videos or mm. video games or Fun. like air hockey equipment yeah. happened the other day. I didn't even know we had that. Sweet. Um, the fifth floor is where like phone calls get routed, so gotcha. I answer the phone, um, which is something I've been doing all my life. Yeah, sure. Um, so, and I was a customer support rep- representative for a really long time, so like. I can answer a phone yeah. and route it yeah. um, <laughs> just to help the staff. Like yeah. my favorite thing to do when I'm at the house is to like put out little fires. Like mm, if mm-hmm. someone comes and says like, oh, I need towels in room 1108. Like I love that I know what closet the yeah. towels are stored in. So and it's that- just one less thing for them to have to worry about. Yeah. Yep. Man, yeah. that's it's literally just an extra set of hands. It is. Yeah. Um. There are definitely like days or months where I'm like, I want to be at the house and I want to help out. I don't have the capacity to interact with other people right now. Mm. Um, So instead, I sign up for a house refresher, which is someone who literally goes around and like picks up the trash, picks Mm. up the dirty laundry, puts both of those where they need to be, like puts clean linens back in the right 
spots and just like tidies. Um, Cause someone has to do that stuff man. and I, and you get to like pick what your shift and stuff is or mm-hmm. man, that's great. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, that's just the best. <laughs> I love it. And especially in my last six or seven months at my last job mm-hmm. when I was getting increasingly unhappy, mm-hmm. um, I loved getting into that house. I'm sure. And, a, being somewhere where there wasn't all of the pressure <laughs> from my job, but also like being in a place that was doing good. Yeah. That was doing nothing but good. Yeah. Um, and that my presence there was only a help mm-hmm. and that I knew what I was doing mm-hmm. no matter where I was. If I was, you know, picking up trash or answering phone calls or greeting a family or helping out in the kitchen, like whatever. It was totally therapeutic and I knew like I was helpful, you know, even after only being there for a year, some of the staff members started recognizing me as like, oh, that's Emily. She knows what she's doing. She can help us train volunteers. That's got to feel amazing. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Man. Yeah. This has been so good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Is there, is there anything else that you feel like you, I mean, though that I think we obviously hit the big the big three. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of like the trajectory of where your time and energy mm-hmm. went in in this volunteering thing. Uh is there anything else that you feel like you'd be remiss to not speak to in this journey? Not necessarily about my journey specifically, but just the fact that like it doesn't it doesn't have to be a big event or it doesn't, it doesn't have to be a big event to be considered volunteering. And it also doesn't have to be something that you do every week or every month or commit to like anyone can do it. Any volunteering is literally just giving your time and not being paid for it. <laughs> yeah. And that's literally yeah. what it is in the service of others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I certainly think that there is a path for anybody to volunteer their time for the things that they are interested in. Um, you know, helping out at a theater that's not your home theater, but like helping to take tickets one night mm-hmm. or, you know, run lights and not getting paid for it. Like technically that's volunteering because you're sure. doing, you're providing a service that wouldn't get done otherwise Mm -hmm. um, so that something can happen Mm -hmm. that brings joy or provides happiness or stability or whatever. I think sometimes I think that people get in their head about what it means to volunteer and think that it means committing to the Ronald McDonald house every month or Mm -hmm. that it means being at a soup kitchen on Thanksgiving. That's just what it looks like. That's just not... Or what a McDonald, Ronald McDonald thing, is. right? But like yeah. that's that's not all that it is. I also sometimes volunteer with the Chicago Area Runners Association and like help out races mm. or at training events for races, and that's not like some grand cause. Yeah, but it's allowing runners to have a community. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> so I, I think sometimes there's stigma, not stigma, but I think there's like fear. No, for no, people. I get that. Cause that's how I feel. Right. That's absolutely how I feel is that I feel, I already feel overwhelmed by my life as it exists already. Totally. <laughs> but, but you know what? Like 
I guarantee that if you found a thing to be like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to help with that. And like just that one day. Yeah. That you'll feel so much better when you're there. You might be stressed out about having to go. Yeah. I still get super stressed out some days about having to go oh, to my yeah. volunteer shift. I'm sure. Like, because right now I'm volunteering on a weeknight mm. at like from like 6 p.m. to 9 p.m., which means I go straight from work. And that mm. is not the life I like to yeah. live. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like, I like to go home and right. make dinner and be in bed by nine. Oh, you mean right now? Exactly what time it is? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you mean the thing that I asked you to do? Uh, That's not fair. No, no, no. no. I did. did. I did. You did ask me. Ultimately, on this this night, this was you. Ultimately. Uh, But but like, I get stressed out too when it's like leading up to the thing. I give blood. That's That's like one of the only things that. That's great. I don't give blood. And one of the reasons that I do it is because I go, this is one of the only things you do. You know what I mean? Like, you're like, God, this is just the bare minimum. And still, it's been over two months since the last time I gave. I've been due to give for a long time. But like, I'll look at my work schedule and go like, fuck, I can't, I can't go that week because I I gotta be in class, you know, because blood drives are hard because they're mostly during the the work week. But like, sometimes my work is flexible for the next four months. It will be fuck, you know, that that's something that I can. That's 100 percent something when I can afford time. Yeah. And I think I think it's just if people if if you were at all interested in like volunteering or like. Mm -hmm finding a way to give back or finding a way to, you know, spend your time in that way. There are so many venues to do that. Um, there's so many organizations. I wish I had spent a little bit more time researching so I could plug. That's okay. You know, I obviously like I went directly for a charity that I knew yeah. about. Um, and I mean, everyone has that thing. Everyone you know has I mean? a cause. One of the, th- like I, my dad has given blood every damn near every two months for my entire life that's so cool. like that's why that's one that's of the amazing. things i do that's it's amazing. because it was an example given to me yep. to do you Absolutely. know like so that's always going to be something that is on my radar because of him you know absolutely my uh, mom worked in some of the youth programs at my church but she was not getting paid for them right. no she volunteered her time yeah for some of you these saw programs. your parents working with kids yeah, yeah sure yep um, well, we, we've kind of been dancing around this and I think a, a little bit of the answer is, is relatively obvious, but, uh, talk a little bit with me at the end about how you feel like, uh, your life and times in volunteering near love thereof has affected you both creatively mm-hmm. and, uh, your life in a broader sense. Yeah. Um, the creatively one is actually, it's hard for me to answer yeah. because I feel like since reality ended in 2011 that I really haven't gone down that path right. in a serious way. It makes a lot of sense now knowing how, <laughs> and uh, I've said it before, I told Meg Johns on the podcast that yeah. uh, our my conversation with her was something that inspired you to do something creative again. And that is like overwhelmingly good. Like that yeah. made yeah. both of us feel incredible and to know that that was kind of why there was this gap is even more just like mind-blowy and and feels so good that you uh uh uh, made that choice back in the spring to do the show with us yeah um but i understand that that's still a big question mark it's a huge question mark yeah i mean like my my creative 
life kind of, you know, I, I put a hold on it. But I definitely think, especially in the last couple of years, that I have found my way into this, like, project management yeah. life, mm-hmm. um, which is not, like, creative no. art. Uh, but I think it ha- is... Go ahead. I um I didn't want to interrupt, but I say no because I don't want to pshaw the idea that that is creative. Right, but I I that's because what I was say. it is. I, yeah, right. yeah, like, yeah. I I was making sure you knew yeah. that I was like yeah, yeah, in yeah. agreement with you, even yeah. though our our weird um um talky things <laughs> are that I said no. But what I yes. mean is to say that of course project management is a creative endeavor. Yes. Um. So I've definitely found that outlet for mm-hmm. that piece of me, mm-hmm. that piece of, of my creativeness and have managed to put that back into my volunteering. So I mentioned that I also joined a board yeah. for the Ronald McDonald House because after a year of volunteering, I still felt like, man, I think I that there's more, more I can this. be doing. Um, so I joined the Red Shoe Society, which is a young professionals board for the for the house. Awesome. Um, so it's a board of 30 to 50 people who are all like, 20s, 30s, young professionals Mm -hmm. um, who are there because they believe in the charity and are empowered to do more for it, do more for it, to raise awareness, to advocate for it, to raise funds for it. Um, So I'm back in a position of fundraising, um, but I get to do it in a way that's like event coordination. Sure. Um, Or like this summer, the Chicago Loop Alliance put on a series every month called activate that like brought people to alleyways in Chicago with like drinks and food and performance art. And um, we bartended cool at each one of those. And all of our tips went to Ronald McDonald house. Awesome. One night we raised like $1,500 in tips. That's fantastic. Um, In one night, one night. Yeah. Um, That's 15 families. I know. Plus. <laughs> I know. It's that's amazing. Like two weeks. Yeah, that's like almost, that's like a third of that place. I know. Yeah. It was huge. That's amazing. I know. Just in one night. Um, and so. what a good, that is such a like tangible, you don't have to do this all the time to make a difference. Exactly. Story. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my, I think my love of giving back, my love of really, it's, so cheesy but it's just like I just want people to have the best shot they can at a, like a meaningful and successful life It if I can help in any way you know like that's just kind of always been it like if I can do that then I want to um, and so it's giving my time but it's also like using these skills that I have learned through my other volunteering efforts and endeavors <laughs> yeah, you know, sure. using these skills to help event coordinate and do whatever needs to be done so that those things can keep on going. Man. I don't think that's cheesy at all. Or if it <laughs> is, it's it's affecting. Uh that's fantastic. Yeah. And I like thank you for seeing that. <laughs> because like I said, and I don't remember if this was off mic or not, but like this it is a thing that is just so ingrained in me that I just do. Yeah. Like I just I, I had to tell Emily <laughs> that the thing that y- she just talked to you for an hour and 45 minutes oh, no. about is, no, oh, no. Oh, yes. 
<laughs> I had to tell her that this was the thing that <laughs> she should talk to me about. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. I think that, that that that's that's really amazing. And I I think that has a big part in my life in comedy mm. for uh is ultimately I just like the idea that for a moment life is better when we are laughing a hundred percent I just think that uh, ultimately um, is the thing that makes me happy is attempting to make other people happier and make yeah. their lives better yeah um, so I get that yeah uh, in my well man this has been fantastic thank yeah. you so much thank you uh, I love you very much and I mean that I love you too This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today and go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.